You're listening to the Inglewood College Podcast. Inglewood College is a ministry of Inglewood Baptist Church in Jackson, Tennessee. We believe that just because this season is temporary doesn't mean it can't be deeply transformative. Love God. Love people. Serve the world. Hey guys, we're back with one final episode of our Peace of Mind series. Up to this point in the series, we haven't said a whole lot about a key component of walking with Jesus, and that is walking alongside other believers. And honestly, this is one of those last but not least situations. So much of what we've said so far is of utmost importance, but what we talk about this time may feel as practical as anything we've talked about. The truth is, we were not made to go through life alone. Jesus didn't save us just to have an individual faith. Our faith is personal but it's not individual. We need to walk alongside other people who are surrendered to Jesus just as we are. This is a communal, a corporate faith, and that's by God's design. In the New Testament, we read that we as God's people are the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. The Holy Spirit unites us believers into a body that represents Jesus and does his will on the earth. I think one thing this means is Not only do we take our needs to the Lord in prayer, but we also lean on one another as we go through life. We represent Jesus to the world, but also to each other. We speak truth to one another. We combat lies that our brothers and sisters have come to believe. We pray for one another. We stand by one another. We bear one another's burdens. This is how we're called to be. This is Christ's desire for us. So I've got a text that I want us to go to today. Uh, It's James chapter 5 verses 13 through 20. I'm going to read that for us, starting in verse 13. So James chapter 5, starting in verse 13, says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Okay, fair warning, when we're done talking about this passage, there are going to be parts that you notice that we didn't look at as much. We're not really going to talk about Elijah. We're not really going to talk about anointing with oil. The whole point of turning to this passage today is that it deals with us walking through life with other believers in the context of a church body. And there are principles here that speak into how we should handle the mental struggles that we or other people around us may face. And to start, I want us to think about the encouragement here in verse 14, that if anyone is sick, they should call on the elders of the church to pray over them. And then add to that, verse 16, where we're encouraged to confess sin to one another and pray for one another. I'll be honest, I think healing here for James and the people he's writing to probably refers to physical healing of physical sickness. But I also think that doesn't rule out prayer for and healing of other kinds of things that ail us. You know, being overwhelmed with anxiety is very much like an ailment or a sickness. 
And actually, the word translated into sick can just as easily mean a physical weakness of some kind. And a lot of the trouble that we face in our minds very much so feels like an ailment like that, where we just don't seem to have the strength to overcome on our own. And not to mention, there are some things that plague the mind that are tied to biological issues. So our minds can actually be, you know, ailing physically in some way. And so the things that James is saying to the body of believers here, I think he would also say to us in our struggles, even if it doesn't feel like a physical illness, that if you're struggling with depression, call on the elders to pray over you. If you're obsessive compulsive, share the burden with some brothers or sisters in Christ who can pray for you. You know, if there's a temptation to sin or a sinful pattern to your thoughts that you can't seem to shake, confess that to a trusted fellow believer. And that confession and the prayer that follows has a healing effect on us. Honestly, sometimes we just need someone else to know what we're thinking. We need them to be able to provide perspective. We need them to speak truth to a lie that we may have believed. And we need to just come out into the light with whatever thoughts may be plaguing us. You know, in the darkness, trapped in our own heads, the thoughts that we don't want may just keep growing or just bouncing around and just staying in there. If we drag it into the light, those thoughts will lose some of their grip over us. Check out what John says in 1 John 1.7. But if we walk in the light as he, meaning God, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This is primarily about confessing Our sin, which maybe you need to do, maybe there are sinful thoughts that you need to confess, but also there's a general principle here is that we need to walk in the light, being open and honest with God, but also with one another so that our fellowship with one another may be real, that we might know where we stand with God. If you go day to day wrestling with thoughts that you don't want, but you try to act like it's not happening, not really bringing them to God and unwilling to talk with another believer about what's going on, I'm not sure why we would assume that it's all going to work itself out. I say all this to say, it's okay to talk with someone about the war that goes on in your mind. You might find that God actually works through his body, the church, to help you find healing. There's a second thing I want us to think about. The end of this passage in James talks about turning back someone who has wandered from the truth. Listen, if you've made it this far in the series and you don't feel much, like much has applied to you because your thought world in your mind is pretty tame, maybe this kind of mental struggle just isn't your struggle. Well, now is the time that something will apply to you. Really, this applies to all of us. We need to be looking around us for the brothers and sisters in Christ who are wandering from the truth. And in the context of this series, that can mean looking for those who might be believing lies that Satan has fed them. It could mean watching for those who are giving into sinful thought patterns around us, whether that be lustful thought patterns or an addictive thought pattern or negativity or being overcome with worry or, you know, there's lots of other things that you could fill in the blank there. It could be looking around and seeing those who are down around you, clearly having forgotten the joy of their salvation just in the, the sort of weightiness that they feel in their minds and in their hearts. And then not only looking and seeing, but going after them with the truth. We can't sit idly by while brothers and sisters wander from the truth or become completely ineffective parts of the body of Christ because of their thoughts or the doubts that plague them. It's always worth the effort to go after them. Now, we do need to be careful in doing so. 
if someone is caught in sin, we also need to watch out for ourselves that we don't fall into the same sin, trying to help them out. You know, that's wisdom from Galatians 6.1. But Galatians 6.2 goes on to say, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And that's what I'm after with this. Let's look for ways to bear one another's burdens. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, so I, and I will give you rest. Well, who are the hands and feet of Jesus? We already mentioned this, that we are, that we shouldn't we welcome those who are struggling to walk with us as ambassadors for Jesus in this world. Not that we replace Jesus. We still want people to go to him, but we want to be there with them and to walk alongside them as they walk through the things that they're facing. And so there's kind of two parts to the way we're thinking about this passage. If you're struggling, don't keep it to yourself. Go to people who will pray with you. Go to people who can walk through this with you. If you see somebody wandering, also, don't keep that to yourself or don't keep to yourself. Go after them. And I think for both of those, we all have some reservations. And that's understandable. We don't always want to share everything. We don't always want to get involved in whatever's going on in somebody else's life. And I'll say there's some wisdom for how you ought to share and who all you should share with. Truth is, you couldn't share all your thoughts if you wanted to. And you should be careful about who you share with. But don't use, you know, the excuse of discretion as a reason not to share with someone who loves Jesus. Because their listening ear and their encouragement may be exactly what God intends to use to heal you or to build you up. And if you're the one who sees and wants to help someone, but doesn't feel close enough to that person or doesn't really know how to deal with it, first, pray. So much of this passage that we read is about prayer, about praying for one another as the body. So spend some time praying for the people that you know are struggling with things. Or maybe even if you are starting to wonder or you don't really know where they stand or what's going on, pray for them. And then if there's someone closer to that person that you can encourage to seek them out, Go to that someone and, and ask them, hey, can you approach your friend with this to encourage them to see if there's any way that you could help? And then, if and when given an opportunity to speak truth to somebody, listen first. You won't know how to help unless you know what's going on. And that person may not care much what you have to say, even if you're sharing the truth with them, until they're convinced that you care enough about them to listen. This episode is not meant to be a final say on all ways to share your struggles with other people or to help other people who are struggling. This is more of a, hey, it's okay to talk about this stuff. And as believers, this is part of doing life together. We want to walk with each other to seek peace of mind for one another. And as we wrap up this series, I want you to know that my prayer for you is that you know the one in whom you've believed that he is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, that you can lean into him, but you can also lean into his body. So don't lose heart. He is still God. And if you are his, you always will be. So set your mind on him and on his truth. And I take it from his word that he will keep you in his perfect peace. And that's the promise of this theme verse that we've been uh, saying all along through this series that you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So set your mind on God, trust in him, and trust that he will keep you in perfect peace. Thanks for listening through this whole series or just through this one episode. Uh, I hope that it's been some encouragement to you. Grace and peace.